Are you a parent in business that wants to learn digital marketing the right way? So you've got an amazing business and you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everyone to know about it and you want to generate consistent revenue. You love the idea of your business working for you whilst you are busy making memories with your family. The one thing stopping you is digital marketing. From SEO to blogging, from creating your own digital courses to creating podcasts that parents will love. My Bumped Baby has the solution. We have launched our Digital Marketing Academy and it is designed for parent-focused business owners to grow and scale their business with ease. Our academy can be accessed from anywhere on any device, which means as a busy parent in business, you can learn on the go with our bite-sized straight-to-the-point videos. Join us today by visiting the link below and have seven-day free trial on us to see if the area is right for you. Click the link under this podcast to start benefiting today and access our training right away. We look forward to seeing you in there and teaching you everything you need to know about digital marketing for parent-focused businesses. My Bump to Baby is one of the UK's leading parenting platforms. You can find local pregnancy to preschool groups, classes and lessons wherever you are in the UK. Not only that, but you can read our honest reviews on the latest products, days out and services that you as parents need to know about. We also work with trusted financial advisors, family law solicitors and now estate agents too. If you would like to find your nearest trusted expert, head over to www.mybump2baby.com. Are you a parent looking to start a small business? Perhaps you've no idea where to start. Or maybe you've already got a small business and you're struggling to take it to that next level. My Bumped Baby is here to support you. My Bumped Baby business offers training packages, mentorship programs, one-to-one support and e-courses. If you would like more information on how to grow your business with My Bumped Baby, then email us. Our email address is info at mybump2baby.com. Hello and welcome to My Bump to Baby Expert Podcast, where we bring experts from all over the UK to answer your questions on everything pregnancy to preschool. Today we are talking all about child arrangements and I am joined by family law solicitor Zanaria Webster from Parfit Cresswell. I hope you enjoy this podcast.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to my Bumped Babies Expert podcast. Today, I am joined by Zanaria Webster, Family Law Solicitor at Parfit Cresswell. And today, we're going to be covering child arrangements. Hi, Zanaria, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Carla. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. So, Zanaria, can you tell us a little bit about you? Um, yes, of course, Carla. Um, I'm a family solicitor and I'm working in Parfit Cresswell in the Windsor office. Um, I'm 13 PQE, so I've actually been qualified for 13 years, although I've been in the profession for almost 20. Um, I deal with all aspects of matrimonial law, so divorce, um, financial settlements, child arrangements, cohabitation, uh, grandparents' rights, and also nuptial agreements. So we really cover um, every area um, under matrimonial law. Amazing. So you cover quite quite a large, a large audience there. Yes, I do. So in regards to child arrangements then, um, if someone separates from their partner, do they mm-hmm. have to go to court? Um, not necessarily. And if anything, it's advisable that parents try to resolve things away from the court arena. Um, Court proceedings are very stressful. They can take quite a lot of time and also they're they're potentially quite costly. So what I would always recommend is that where possible, try to have an open dialogue with your partner and try to resolve issues um, away from um, going to court and away from solicitors. What solicitors can help you with is try to put forward an informal arrangement between the both of you so that you have something documented in writing as to how often the child is going to spend with one parent, um, who's going to pay for their activities, who's going, you know, how often they can have the children during holidays. Solicitors can help with that. Um, but if communication breaks down totally, then there'll be no choice but to apply for um, a child arrangements order, which under the old term used to be called custody. When people still use that terminology quite a lot, but it's essentially what it is, just custody and um, yeah, child arrangements now. Right. OK, that's brilliant. Thank you for that. And, and do mothers have greater rights than fathers um, over children now when it comes to custody this is actually a myth and I think it's perpetuated by a lot of the stories that you see um, in the press and on the media but the law sees the mother and the father as equal whether they're married or unmarried and what's important and is actually the court's paramount consideration is the welfare of the child so that means who is able to meet the child's daily physical, emotional, psychological, and educational needs. And the the court would want to view that both parents are able to do that. Now, if there are issues with one parent, then the court will step in and put in some measures or they might restrict contact somehow. But every case is dependent on its circumstances. Now, if a child is particularly young, so if they're a newborn or, you know, very, you know, a toddler, there's a slight balance towards the mothers only because of the care that the mothers can give that fathers just biologically aren't able to but essentially the mothers and the fathers are treated equally in the eyes of the law wow right okay that's brilliant yeah I think a lot of these tv programs and stuff like that don't help with (laughs) they do they don't which is why I never watch them (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense that makes sense so 
it, touching on that a bit more then, so the courts, when it comes to deciding who the child will live with, obviously if they're younger, I, I get what you're saying about, about the mother um, maybe being a bit more available to their needs. Um, but in regards to um, deciding other than that, when the child's older, is that a decision the child would make then? Or, you know, how, how would that work? Potentially, a child can make the decision. So whenever um, a parent applies for a child arrangements order, which is a court order, um, there will be a CAFCAS officer who is a child welfare officer who will be involved in the case. And their job is to take out, to carry out safeguarding and to find out what the issues are with the family. Now, the older the child is, the presumption is that they're able to voice who they want to spend time with. And it is quite, the older the child is, the stronger their influence is with the judge. But this has to be balanced against what the court welfare officer feel is in the best interest of the child, the circumstances surrounding the parental breakup, and also whether one parent can unduly exert their influence over the other parent. It's a term called parental alienation. And it can put a child in a very difficult position. But generally, the older the child is, the more better they are at voicing their own opinions. Yeah, that must be so hard for children to do. When Definitely. The yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, so what orders could I ask the court to make then? So there is you know, quite a wide range of orders you could ask the court. So you could ask the court for an order for a child to live with you um, and to spend time with the other parents. So this is the old terminology of custody. They've sort of the terminology has changed to make the whole process a little less hostile. Mm. Um, you could ask the you could ask the court if you wanted to move a, you know, to another part of the country. You could ask for a specific issue order for that to happen, or you could ask for something to stop the court. Ask the court to stop something from happening, which is called a prohibited steps order. So, for example, if you had a child and the other parent wanted to take that child to another country that you know nothing about and there are no connections to, you can ask the court to prohibit that from happening. And you could also, the other thing I, I mentioned earlier was a specific issue. Uh, that is something like asking for specific medical treatment for a child or asking for the court to change the child's surname. Yeah, yeah. So there's quite a few different orders there, isn't there? Really? Yes, there are, there are. What about um, just touching on on moving? What about if a parent decided that they wanted to move to the other end of the country? Does that is that the same, or or is that worked out differently? Um, if there is a child arrangements in place between the parents, then it's not one parent's right to up and move and take the child with them. It's quite a serious matter because it not only disrupts the child's education and their their you know their social life, so to speak, um, but also it can disrupt the make the contact that they have with a non-resident parent. My advice would be is that if you were planning on moving to the other side of the country, you will need to just you should discuss this with the other parent. And if that doesn't work, the non-resident parent can actually make an application to the court for uh, the court to consider where the child should live. Um, and in that, the courts have quite a delicate balancing act to do because they've got to weigh up the parents need to move abroad, to be not abroad, but to the other side of the country for work, for whatever purposes, against the child's relationship with the parent that's remaining. It's a very difficult uh, 
balance and um, it's something that the court do not take lightly and whether the ch- the person is going to move to the other side of the country or abroad the same sort of uh, requirements are, are expected from both parties yeah totally understandable isn't it if um one partner has no contact with the child whatsoever um then can a parent still ask for maintenance from that parent how, how would they go about that they can absolutely ask for maintenance. Um, seeing a child is not linked to financial maintenance. So what you would need to, you should do is actually go to the child maintenance service. So they used to be called the child support agency. And if you know how much your ex-partner is earning, you can actually put down what their gross annual salary is. Um, and you, the child maintenance service will calculate how much is owed to you. If you don't know how much they earn, but you have an idea of where they are, send the CMS their details and the CMS will make contact with them to make payment. And it's dependent on their salary. So they would have to disclose their pay slips and it's usually deducted at source. Um, And this is irrespective of whether that parent sees the child or not. That's, That's great. Yeah, because that extra support, I mean, children cost a lot don't they so yeah yes they do (laughs) that makes sense (laughs) that makes sense so so in regards um to the maintenance again just a a bit deeper on that one if someone hasn't been paying say for a year or two years would the payments then be backdated or not potentially they can be it depends on when the case is opened with the cms so as far as i i know um if you open up a case you know, today and you don't receive any payment until, I don't know, until six months time, then it can be backdated to the time that you actually open the application. Any earlier than that, you will need to make specific inquiries with the child maintenance service um, and they will look at it as a case by case basis. Yeah. It's just good to know that you've got that support there. So, so yeah, that- because children are expensive and a lot of people are under the misnomer that child maintenance is to pay for activities and clothes and shoes, but it's not. It's to, it can go towards bills and rent because all those things go towards maintaining a child. Yeah, of course. And and a lot of parents, the parents who who have the child, their work hours might work around the school hours. So they can't work as much. Exactly. You know, term time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, So can someone change their child's surname without their partner's permission? Unfortunately, no, they do need their uh, the partner's permission. Um, the courts view a, a child's surname as part of their identity, and to change it without knowing, without the other parent knowing, is sort of excluding that parent from the child's life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't, if you don't know the whereabouts of this parent, or they don't make any concerted effort to see the child, you could apply to the court for a specific issue order for the court to decide that the child's surname can be changed but they're given in very you know rare circumstances there has to be very good reasons as to why a child would why you would want to change a child's surname that makes sense so say for example me and my partner had split up and he doesn't really have much to do with with the child can I take my child abroad um if my partner and I are separated, yes, you can. You can take your child, uh, your your child abroad. Did you say you are in contact with the with the partner? Or, yeah. Or if, not? if if I wa- well, if I was in contact with the partner, um, and I wanted to take my child on holiday, 
that would be okay. Yes, that would be okay. As long as you give the other parent an itinerary um, as to where you're going, where you're staying, when you're going to be returning. And as long as that country isn't a high risk jurisdiction and there are ties to that country and it works both ways Um, the other parent cannot refuse uh, permission unreasonably so for example if you wanted to take your child to Disney World but the other parent objected because they wanted to be the parent to take the child to Disney World Mm -hmm. that's not a reason to refuse taking the child abroad um, it's got to be quite a serious you know reason so if you're going to a high-risk country that that's not a member of the Hague Convention and there are no ties to it then that parent can say well I don't want you to take the child abroad but if it's just you know uh, to, to a safe country you're given all the details to the other to the other partner there is no reason why you can't take that child abroad that's brilliant and um you know, when we talk about um, taking my child abroad on holiday, if me and my partner have separated, um, is there a um, time frame that I'm allowed to take my child on holiday for? Is there a maximum amount of time? So, yeah. So where there is an order that states that the child is living with one parent, so that's a lives with order, that parent can take the child abroad for 28 days without the written consent of the parent. But practically speaking, I think it's always a good idea to... um, let the other parent know that you are taking that that child abroad because you would expect them to follow the the same procedure and follow that same courtesy. Um, It's very difficult, I can understand, to to sometimes maintain civil after a separation, but it's for the benefit of the child and you would want to know where your child is anyway. So you don't need written consent, but you should at least have that just to uh, as a matter of courtesy. Definitely. And it keeps that relationship in in a good place, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yes. And that's important. That's great. Brilliant. So how can I improve communication with my ex-partner when we do discuss child arrangements? Have you got any kind of tips on that? Uh, there are a lot of um, apps out there that my clients use to to help with communication. There's one app called Close App that you can download and it's used specifically for communication regarding the child. So anything outside of that arena, you just would not put it on. And I think it's always a good idea when you are communicating with your partner to conversations should be civil and they should be child focused and child centric and you know if things are a bit rocky with your ex-partner they should always be written with a view that it might go in front of a judge okay that's brilliant gosh we've covered quite a lot there there's there's so much to cover um on where where could people find you as an aria if they want to ask you some more questions on this subject um so we our website is www.parfitcresswell.com the firm offers um, a 30-minute complimentary initial consultation it's no obligation and it's a really good way of finding out what your rights are before you proceed to the next step um, my, I can give you my email address it's um, zanaria.webster at parfitcresswell.com um, I'm more than happy to um, communicate with anyone who has um, a question about this because it's such a minefield and there's so much information out there and talking to friends or googling it is as, as much as as well-meaning as friends that can be it can make you even feel even more overwhelmed and confused so wherever you need that legal advice I would strongly advise to seek that from an expert 
Absolutely. Also, laws change, don't they, quite often? So what was for one parent, you know, 10 years ago may be very well different now. Yeah. And every situation is different. So I get a lot of people who say when it comes to financial um, disagreements, for example, they say, well, that person was able to take the house, the pension, you know, they got spousal support, why can't I? And the main reason for that is because every family life is different. Every situation is different. And that's what the courts look at. It's not a one size fits all, which is a good thing because every family dynamic works differently. Uh, So what may work for one person may not actually work for you. That makes sense. That's brilliant. Well, Zanaria, thank you so much for coming on today. That's been really, really helpful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to my Bump to Babies expert podcast. If you would like to find help and support from experts in your local area, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com and you will also be able to find local pregnancy to preschool groups, classes, businesses and services in your local area. Wondering what's on in your local area? Come and join our weekly newsletter where we share the classes and groups that are on in your local area. From pregnancy to preschool, we have you covered. Click the link below this podcast to receive your newsletter each week, every Sunday, so you know what's on and you can plan your week ahead.